0: M. Raciano and Michael Lucas. You have been warned, it is Giggle Fest 2020. This is M. Salation. Are you being discriminated against now because you know it's carrot?
1: Like a dickhead's a dickhead no matter
0: what. Muskly went from zero to kidnap
1: very quickly. It's not socially acceptable to go out without your pants on. We've all accepted the fact that pants are necessary.
0: You're in M. Salation. Yeah, well, I booked the hotel out, bitch. Come at me. I've got big balls. Hello, welcome to Emsolation. It's me, your host, Em Rassiano. I want to start the podcast by issuing a heartfelt apology to any of you who were triggered by the chat that Michael and I had with Asha Keddy last week. Uh, Of course, played Dr. Nina Proudman on Offspring. I have had hundreds of messages, as has Michael's been slammed by a lot of you, just saying you relived the trauma of Patrick and we put a few scenes in the podcast and you really felt them. So, I'm sorry if you found yourself, you know, at the checkout at the supermarket with tears streaming down your face. That was not our intention. But what I do love is so many of you felt like you had closure, really hearing Asha, you know, via osmosis Nina talking about how she found out about what was going to happen to the character and how she processed it and all those things. I mean, I, as a fan of the show, was fascinated as you could hear by my super fan tones so yeah I wanted to apologize for that uh the the podcast with Michael the chat you're about to hear is all over the place because I am all over the place at the moment and I and I am feeling a bit dispirited and fatigued about everything but you know anytime I feel that way I'm reminded of how important it is that we get this right, that we lower numbers. Um, my darling friend, Claire Bowditch, her mother Maria passed away last week and I'm attending her funeral via a, a webcast. And I wish that I could be there to hug my friend, to hold my friend, to to look her in the eyes and say, I am here for you. And I've been having to do that via text message and phone and, and I feel so like it's just, just a hollow, hopeless expression of support. And I wish that I could, I wish I could hold her. And I know so many of you have been going through the same thing where you just you just want to be able to look someone in the eye who's in pain and just let them know that you're here with them. So, you know, it's really important that we get these numbers down and and anyone listening to now who is in Victoria, you know, it's I'm with you. I understand the fatigue you're feeling and possibly the anger and frustration. But we want people to be able to go to their funerals of their loved ones and do that properly. And we wanna be able to go to weddings again and get together in groups with our families and friends and and to do that we have to nail this so keep going the numbers are dropping i'm in it with you and to the rest of the country you know keep sending love to us and support we need it all right i'm going to bring michael in now uh fair warning we roll through about 25 topics because that's this podcast is often a reflection of my brain so thank you for coming along on the journey Play the music.
1: M. Rassiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
0: All right. Well, full disclosure I've already cried um, during this recording and phone call. <laughs> Michael Lucas.
1: Hello. <laughs> Look, there you go. You're <laughs> laughing now. Laughter through tears. Favorite oh. emotion.
0: My favourite emotion, yes. I just, I don't know, it's just so, such a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really fragile. I really am. All my resilience is gone. I'm crying at everything. I can't, I've had to really monitor my intake of things. So like I was saying to you, I can now only watch... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Selling Sunset and Sugar Rush. They're the three programs I'm bouncing between.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's and the emotional bandwidth that you have. Yeah, that's Anything it. beyond that.
0: Yeah, that's it. And like, oh, I've also, I'm also heavily into Umbrella Academy because that's the girls and I, that's our show we watch together and I love it so much. But I can only handle one episode of that every three days. But I'm doing – with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, there's 10 seasons, about 45 eps a season – and um, I found myself when I, I realised last night, Marcella was looking at me just shaking her head. And this is a person, my daughter, by the way, watches like Bachelor in Paradise. Mm. And she talks a lot of smack for someone who loves those kind of shows. <laughs> she does
1: not have higher ground in this scenario. No,
0: she does not. Um, but for me, she was looking at going, "Mom." So I started off when I put on Real House of Wives of Beverly Hills being like, these women are fucking ridiculous. They are like teenage Girls, I cannot even believe the things they fight over. And now I'm like, oh, what? I cannot believe that Brandy said that she had a surrogate and she'd kept that a secret for ten years. Now her family's going to find out. It. It's unforgivable. And then I seek Brandy out on Instagram to send her a strongly worded DM that she'll never read. You know, <laughs>
1: have you been DMing the Real Housewives?
0: You've yeah. actually reached really. Yeah, I've DM'd wow. a couple of them. Yeah, and now I also. <laughs> but think are of things you watching like, things from like ten years ago? Yeah, ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> and like sometimes, and I've even got to put my. Like, oh, Taylor's lip fillers kind of look natural now. I think I'm used to them. Things like oh,
1: that. Did you DM her to let her know that? Your lip well, Taylor's went husband. Through.
0: Taylor's husband died during one of the seasons. I didn't know that ten years ago. Oh, she's oh, shocked in my life, and then so she's the, the, the real best- widow now. Yeah, she's the real real widow. But she's also remarried since then. But I'm also seeing things like, oh, God, their marriage is really, like, unstable. So I quickly Google, yep, they've got divorced at the end of that season. So it's really nice to have a little online crystal ball. So if I want to see – so if I have my suspicions about a character, oh, God, I bet she's had a bit of work done. And the gradual building of the Botox and fillers as the seasons go by is so amazing. Like, honestly, when they all started out, they just had a few nips and tucks and they obviously watched themselves in season one. So season two, they all came back with tits and fillers and then season three, some of them can barely open their eyes and I'm here for it.
1: It's got to be really hard to judge once you start going down that path because you start doing a bit of plumping and a bit of smoothing. Yeah. And then how do you, where who you need someone else, don't you? You need an independent third party. I actually think this would be a good job for you, Em, to go to people (laughs) and just let them know the precise point that they've crossed over from a pleasant, fresh, youthful <laughs> look to Bride of Wildenstein.
0: Oh well, the ship sailed for all the real housewives a decade ago. Then. <laughs> but I've really flipped from just judging them to really immersing myself in their petty arguing. So that's <laughs> and then you and then there's this film that I've been wanting to watch for weeks, Baby Teeth. I don't want to so don't. don't. Moses, but Henry, Henry.
1: I should have the world of feet right now. I have no idea what you're feeling. I can't feel anything because I can't breathe because you take
0: up all the air. I think something in you has changed. When I met you, it was like, you weren't scared of anything. I don't think the world would be this big or weird. And I've watched all the previews, got a lot of my favourite actors in it. Actually the production company heard us talking about it and said, Emma Michael, we know you're stuck in Melbourne. We'd love for you to watch it. And I said, Yes, that'll be amazing. So they sent us a link. Yeah. And only fifty percent of this show could bring themselves to watch
1: it. <laughs> well happily your daughter watched it. I know. Yeah, well, she
0: did watch it for me. She did um, Marcella watched the, watched it and loved it. Loved it. You watched it though. Am I, I right? Know. Am it's I a- right in not watching it at the moment?
1: It depends. I mean, it look, for me, I love a cathartic cry in a movie, but then I, I sometimes, I don't really cry much in real life, but I can really cry in movies. And I feel like it's always a good outlet for me. So for me, it was absolutely what, I need it. And we do have to apologize to Mulbernians because this would be playing in the cinema if we weren't in lockdown. It's playing in the cinema in the rest of the country. But if you are in any of the other States and you want oh. to see a beautiful movie and have a cathartic cry, it's a, it's a great one because the premise and you can see why M may be steered clear. It is about a terminally ill teenager called Miller. And in, in sort of like the last year of her life, she falls vividly in love with, Kind of a drug dealer, mm-hmm. Moses. That her parents are horrified by, and um, and so for the parents, the dilemma is: you know, do we do we allow her to experience this love? Or do we have to protect her? And, and um, under normal circumstances, there's a lot of elements of that story that you would very strongly connect with. <laughs> like the notion of, like there are parallels to Twilight. I mean, let's face it, the, the the teenage girl longing for the sort of impossible love. And the performances are so amazing. It's Eliza Scanlon from Little Women. Oh, and this yes. other guy, Toby Wallace, who I haven't seen that much of before, but it's just He's superstar. He plays the drug dealer guy that comes into her life and mm. and um he feels Ed so Mendelsohn? authentic. Yeah, I mean the the teenagers are so good in this um, that the um yes, and it's Ben Mendelssohn and Essie Davis who are incredible. Obviously, they're both incredible. They're always incredible. But your heart is with the teenagers, and for me, it was the Saturday night cathartic cry that I really But <laughs> I don't think it's giving anything away to know that you are going to be pulling out the tissues at the end of this, and also plays around with time a little bit in a really really sophisticated way. So it really. Gets you right in the feels by taking you back to a particularly vivid point at a particularly in oh, time.
0: God.
1: <laughs> I know you would be, <laughs> yeah. I don't think, well, I can understand why you don't want to be in a state of imagining teenage daughters dying no, at the moment. No, no,
0: I do not. Every single person I know who has seen it, all my friends in other states have raved about it. And I love when Australian drama gets it right. They bloody get it right, and like I just have, I will watch this, and I know it's visually beautiful
1: soundtrack as well. It's just got this um, incredible soundtrack. It's set in a really sweltering Sydney summer, and oh. they've picked this really distinctive score, so it's it's just massively atmospheric. And it it sounds the storyline sounds like The Fault in Our Stars or something like that, but but it is it it just takes a much more sort of lateral arty approach, um, and the director who. Directed offspring, some episodes of Offspring. A um, friend
0: of yours, a friend of
1: mine. She, uh, I, like everyone, has seen this film, and they have snapped her up to direct. Amazing, t- like Killing Eve, snapped yeah. her up and stuff like. That. And you oh can my see gosh. why when you look at it, you're like, yeah. oh my god, this is she's she's such a visionary.
0: What's her name? Shannon.
1: Shannon Murphy.
0: Shannon Murphy, female director as well. You know, I love that. Tick, tick, tick. Female
1: director, female writer, female producers. It's, Ah! it's, and you feel, like you feel that hugely. Like the, the point of view is really specific watching it and the sort of intimacy. And yeah, uh, yeah, if you want a good howl cry.
0: (laughs) Baby teeth, baby Baby teeth, teeth. go and see it. But
1: you maybe don't want a howl cry at the moment.
0: No, I will. Getting enough feeling. Well, I'll tell you, I was how crying last night, bloody watching Delta Goodrum's Instagram story.
1: Oh, poor
0: <laughs> I know. I well, that's you. exactly,
1: she's speaking directly about resilience. So it's no, it's no wonder that one's just hit you right where it hurts.
0: She, I mean, Delta Goodrum for me, I'm her number one supporter in many fields and aspects. And if anyone ever, I've always found that she's someone people either love or love to just punch, like v- verbally punch. She seems to have copped it a lot. And I think a lot of that is tall poppy syndrome um i think that her musicianship is incredible you know but i think the fact that she's tall and beautiful and can be kind of super vulnerable to the point of we don't know if she's taking the piss or not sometimes she's super like she'll write things you know like let your wings take you to the soaring heights of your soul and stuff like that and you know i've interviewed her a couple times and i can tell you she's a very genuine person she looks you deep in your eyes she has so much warmth so I will always defend Delta. I've got a real soft spot for her.
1: She's a bit, it's- I think people bag her out the same way that the world sometimes bags out Taylor Swift.
0: I There's agree. something
1: about her, you're just too perfect and you your songwriting and your. but really it is a bit of tall poppy syndrome, at, mm. you know, at the end of the day. And also, I don't know, their refusal to, uh, I feel like, there, there is something unapologetic about them as well that mm-hmm. really g- aggravates people in some way, and and it, we should just cut it out.
0: I agree. I think I think if she was in the states, she would be as big as Taylor Swift. I think if this was an American story, she's a cancer survivor. She's now gone through this horrible. She was having her saliva glands removed, and they somehow managed to hit a nerve, do some nerve damage. And so she lost the ability to speak properly, basically. Mm. She had to relearn how to speak and obviously relearn how to sing. And it was a year of hardcore physical therapy. And she put videos up of her just out of the operation where she could barely speak and showing her working hard at it. And I did. I sat there and I'm like, that is bloody resilience and grace (laughs) and – this is an example of a, a human who has been up against it multiple times. Like, I got just something about it's the song's called Paralyzed. Yeah, um, and something, I don't know about it. was it. also the fact that, you
1: know, like we didn't know, no one knew anything about this, to my knowledge anyway. No, no one knew anything. It was Total in between secret. seasons of a voice and uh, nothing. And and when you watch the clip, you realise she genuinely really didn't know if she was ever going to be able to talk properly again or or sing. And, and so the kind of deep-seated uncertainty and just horror you would feel in that, I'm sure it was impossible for her to share because – because, no, you know, she was worried she, and yeah. she was
0: embarrassed. But, you know, you read headlines like private health battle. This really was a private health battle. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been having a private health battle for 41 years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not very private, though. <laughs>
1: no, she'll tell you all about it.
0: <laughs> Just being me is a private health battle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Private health ba- battle is such a Hollywood term, isn't
0: it? Isn't it? Yeah. I, love, I love the term private health battle. It's the best. It's it's such a good term. The other person having not so much a private health battle over the weekend that was really, so two people really spoke to me over the weekend, Delta yeah. and, Miley, and Miley Cyrus.
1: <laughs> They're speaking to you in very different voices saying very different things, but I can see there's two parts of the duality of where you are at the moment.
0: I have always felt, a weird affinity with Miley Cyrus. Yeah,
1: I, this I is well established. And for those who haven't, are across this, there's a weird <laughs> parallel between Miley and Liam and M and Scott. But now I feel weird bringing that up because Miley and Liam are no longer. We always celebrated when they got back together and it, al- it almost bolstered your sense yeah. of confidence in your marriage when they would recommit to each other. But
0: <laughs> look, you never know, but... I just feel like everyone has a celebrity they align themselves with. Like, they have an affinity with. They feel like they're living a parallel life. Or not even just, I don't know, you're emotionally invested. So for me, it is Miley. She's one of mine. And she released her new single, Midnight Sky. She self-directed the clip, and it's her... Riding around in candy, she's got big animals in the room, she's got a lurex purple jumpsuit on, she's got a blonde glamour mullet and she's just singing about newfound freedom, self-love, she's bisexual, um, she's just free as a bird and thrilled about it. Mm. Her and Cody, Australian Cody Simpson, another Aussie, she loves the Aussies, have split up. She
1: really does, doesn't she? Yeah. And
0: she's just living her best life, lying in candy, Maybe doing a bit of masturbation. I don't know. I mean, that's there's a lot of alluding to that. Good for her. Not with the candy or anything, just on top of. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just, I kind of, I love the song as soon as I heard it. I love the sentiment behind it. And she's just someone who is truly finding herself through the many cycles in the public eye.
1: Totally. I really love as well. Like, I mean, essentially this song, if you didn't realise it beforehand, it's her saying, I I can't be in my relationship because basically I want to be free and fuck other people. I'm just, that's what I need to do. (laughs) And I really respect the honesty of that. And let's get away from, you know, let's not imply any private health battle.
0: (laughs) No private health battle. But what I will say is she kind of... And I think she knew what was going to happen when she did this. And I think Liam may just need to purse his anus for a few more years because Mm. I think the Barbs are kind of, I think they're going to come thick and fast. I think there's at least another two albums out of this breakdown of their relationship. Yeah. But she did a podcast, a podcast called Call Her Daddy, which, you know, maybe we should reconsider what our podcast is called.
1: (laughs) That's the name of what, you know, if we ever get jock on for a little private interview, that'll be the episode name for sure.
0: Call it daddy. For sure. But she revealed that she lost her virginity when she was 16 to Liam. Mm. But at the time she told Liam that it wasn't the case. So Liam has found out through the press that he was, in fact, his ex-wife's first ever sexual you will encounter.
1: It's intriguing. I mean, it does <laughs> prompt more questions, doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> she must have been very, quite convincing. I <laughs> know.
0: But it's. Just, I, <laughs> I just want, want
1: to, to say that I also wasn't completely upfront about my virginity status. But I'm pretty much sure that the person on the receiving end very vividly understood that that was my first time, even if I wasn't exactly wait. announcing. Okay,
0: that. wait. Right hand turn. Diversion. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tell me more. <laughs> what do you mean? When did you lose your virginity?
1: When? you else? know this? No, it was after high school and it was in the early days of university. And uh, yeah, let's just say it. Tell the from, story. All I will say about this incident is, I'm <laughs> sure I've mentioned this before, maybe not on this podcast. Not on the podcast. It was a scene. <laughs> if you've ever wonder if you can, if you can suffer like not getting it up, but then also premature ejaculation in the same session, you can. <laughs> That's what happened. It was nothing, 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 nothing. <laughs> it's over. Um, that is pretty much what happened.
0: I've never heard it. There's so many things to unpack. You just referred to losing your virginity as an incident.
1: <laughs> Look, it was, I'm not going to say we, we, we started on a high, but that's in retrospect, that's good. We could work our way. There, were, there was about 10 years before I really got to the point where I'm like, oh, I get it. This is what's supposed to happen.
0: But why did you lie? I, About it being your first time?
1: Because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was most, I, I felt desperately old. though in retrospect I really wasn't, but I felt desperately old and um, it was someone at uni that I thought was very kind of cool and would be really horrified But I mean, how did I think I was going to, like, fumble But did through? you
0: bring it up like, oh, don't even worry, guys, it's not my first time? Like, did you just? No, I mean, it's no, not I, just just... I just avoided it.
1: <laughs> I just avoided it.
0: I just avoided it, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Oh, God. How old exactly were you?
1: Under twenty, but over eighteen or nineteen. Let's put oh, it that same. way.
0: Same. <laughs> I was old. I was a late adopter, late bloomer, hundred percent. Mm. That's. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, you know, but referring to it as it. I mean, I didn't lie about. Oh God, I'm having mental flashbacks of mine. I mean, everyone listening now.
1: You're one. You just need to give supply the location of yours.
0: I mean, mine. I wrote about it extensively in my book mm. and I sung about it on stage and made my dad play guitar as accompaniment. He had to listen <laughs> to me relive me losing my virginity um, in musical form <laughs> in front of 2,000 other people.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I, and and it, it was back in the days of long, daisy, silk-tight maxi skirts. So oh, complicated. So, from yeah, the start. it was like a high waist down to ankle of fake silk. So it was really sweaty between my thighs, and you can you can only shuffle when you walked in them. So yeah. the whole like it was, I was. And I had like a little pe- peasant top, like what Brittany's getting around in. One of those on as well.
1: Oh. yeah. And I was at my image.
0: friend Anna's uh, 18th and um, 19th. Actually, it was her 19th. And it was at an Irish pub, and it was yeah. back in the back alley next to Jesus. A I know.
1: My well, one at least had the dignity to be in a university, a terrible grotty university sharehouse. And can I just say that albeit that was the technical, you know, I was on the board, it was a long time before I ventured back.
0: Same. Oh my god, same. I was so traumatized. I mean, to be honest, I haven't had that many because I, I got locked down with Scott so early.
1: Yeah, like Miley, although I sense that she's maybe lock, I think <laughs> she's on the board her. a bit more.
0: No, I, it took me a long time to venture back to. I was so scarred. Like it was so bad that I thought I'm broken. I honestly thought I was broken. And there, no one back then was talking about, I mean, the best you could get was a, a, a Dolly Doctor. Totally. Like, or the sealed section maybe in Cosmo. But no one really spoke about. Bad first sexual experiences because there wasn't the internet for us then. There so wasn't was,
1: internet, and also there wasn't porn. So you just no. your knowledge of what you're supposed to do is from SBS late night movies, and that's a whole God. other level. So of as weird. a girl,
0: I, I just blame myself because obviously the dude's not going to say anything, and I never heard from him again. Mm. So and I stalked him to his father's funeral, famously. So it's like. <laughs> If you want to know that story, you've got to read my book. But yeah, I just I think about now and and then I remember being obsessed about you know, my daughter's first times and wanting to be there and in some way and cheer them. That, that's on. a
1: confronting thought, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I, I think if you check in with them, they're <laughs> no, probably they not quite it. so keen on that idea. <laughs> oh,
0: but you know that idea of just like, you'll be great. Like, you know, that I just wished I'd had someone afterwards going, don't worry but about it. do you wish it was Jenny? I don't know no, that you do. No, 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 My mum, oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm much more open about sex. Like the girls and I and Scott sat down and we watched Deadpool the other night and um, Scott and I forgot about the sex montage in it and we were sitting with Odie, he's 13 and a half, and yeah. um Chella who'd not seen and um, Chela's gone, oh great and we we're all laughing and Odie was just buried under a cushion i'm like it's okay babe do you have any questions like you know do you know it's okay what's going it's consent you know it's fine and she was just and i just think back to if my mum and dad had have been sitting with me at 13 and a half watching a sex montage and mm. then mum be trying to ask me to engage in a, in a sex positive comment i would have died I would have actually (laughs) died.
1: My poor kids. I oh, know. Oh, the weird complication I have is that now sometimes I have to write sex scenes and straight sex scenes and and sometimes I think it comes out of my writing that it's been a while between drinks and for the straight <laughs> sex for me. And then often hilariously, like I seem to often work with lesbian directors and so there's like this gay male writer and a lesbian director trying to show what heterosexual sex looks oh, like. Oh, God. And thank God, by and large, the actors are able to go, uh, no, no, this... <laughs> What you've got us here doing, not even biologically possible. Let's just start with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think, you know, everyone better enjoy their sex scenes because I think sex scenes are very much going to change in the next oh, yeah, couple of years. Well, all the stuff that's coming out that's being made this year, it's going back to, you know. A 1940s. List, yeah. A wistful look. A brush.
1: Right. <laughs> not till we have a vaccine.
0: How are you reflecting sex in five bedrooms?
1: Well, we were lucky that most of the series was shot prior um, oh. uh, but but you know we, we yeah we took it out like we but in some ways it's a really good it's, it's a really good exercise to see what sort of saucy line you can come up with to imply that sex is going to happen and without spoiler alert one character goes into an open relationship where they bring in third parties and let me tell you that's oh. a pretty hard storyline to depict in the age of COVID <laughs> <laughs> but you can. That's what got me. You can. And in actual fact, it's almost more fun to have that character recounting the story to his best hag than it is to actually play it out, you know, live.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. So okay. you do, we do a lot okay. of re- reportage. Anyway. I and love add, a, that. add a sassy fag hag in there, and all of a sudden you've got yourself a scene.
0: Are we allowed to say fag hag? I, I mean, you're a gay man, so you can say it all you want. But I've been really torn on this. But do you find it offensive? I don't find it offensive, but I'm not. A, I mean, I in the past have been referred to as that quite proudly. And then the book I'm writing I was going to call Hag, but then my publishers are like, oh, we don't like that word. And I know you've come up against opposition of using. I bet- have. Yeah, I have. But see, I don't, This and this isn't something, I mean, I predominantly have gay friends. Like, I have more gay friends than straight friends, easily. Mm. And when I ask them, like, I asked my 10 gay men I'm closest to, Joel, Jack, Brad, Kyle, all of them, (laughs) and they're like, no, you are. We love it. But then they don't represent all gay men. So, I don't know about that. See, I've even said it. F-hag. Do you find it offensive as a gay man?
1: No. Of course not. No, I'd proudly call you my hag.
0: I am your hag. But-
1: Yeah, I think it's a wonderful thing to be in this world.
0: I'm really proud of it, but I I worry that it's problematic for me to say the F word.
1: It is, just when I think about it, it it is is so tragic, this, a little bit problematic, yes. Also, I think part of what's gone wrong with this pandemic for you is you're just surrounded by too much heterosexuality. There's not much, you know, unfortunately, it's a very heterosexual house you live in. And so the whole balance of gay versus straight in your life is just massively off now.
0: Do you think that's why I'm so sad all the time?
1: It's probably connected. It I'm is missing
0: the camp. The
1: whole d- part of your identity is just not.
0: I'm not even getting to do stage where I most camp.
1: And there was this one night in the, when the lockdown eased, where we went around to Joel Creasy's house, and basically his boyfriend was wandering around doing Moira Rose impersonations, yes. and we were dancing to the new Lady Gaga song, like it was everything that you would want. We were from, so like, drunk, surrounded we were, by oh, gayness. We we're up and till I four. Yeah, we were. Yeah, dancing like maniacs in his lounge room. Oh. It was such an outlet, and yet now, just back, you're just back with the straights.
0: And all I do is like, just wear active wear. Oh my God, I did a winged eyeliner yesterday that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> oh my God, we've gone everywhere. But I think we've ended up with I should not say the F word, even though my love for the LGBTQI community is profound and long reaching. I feel like if it even upsets one of that community, I don't want to say it anymore. So I think. I just say hag is what I am. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So that was the end of that conversation because if we didn't top that off, I would, have not, I would have lost sleep tonight about worried about using the F word and upsetting any gay person and I don't want to do that. All right. Well, I should probably go because I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth next. I'm feeling very vulnerable, <laughs> very raw. Probably, you're probably due for your midday <gasps> cry. Oh, I just, no. I'm going to go out and do some more tree bathing. What? I've really taken to tree bathing. Yeah, it's my new thing. That's what it's called. Oh, Telstra sending me a text message. That's my only text I've got today besides you. That's how lonely <laughs> I am. Oh, I got a text message just from Telstra. Yay. <laughs> it's the queerest
1: thing that's happened today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a young gay behind the social media. Yeah, Telstra
1: I've... is using like gay mm. couples in their ads a bit more now, I've noticed. Anyway, that. sorry, continue. It's
0: called Shirin Yoku, what I'm doing. Shinrin, yeah. Shinrin Yoku and it's tree bathing and it's a Japanese thing that they do and I read about it and so now I go out with the baby every day and I surround myself with nature, it's not helping, God send help, please send gay men, send anything.
1: But you, what do you mean you surround yourself by in nature?
0: Like I deliberately go and walk into right into the bush, stand by the river near my house. And I put my hand, oh my god, this is really showing the depths of where I'm at. I put my hand on the like the most majestic looking tree I can find. And I mm. just try and absorb some of its like it's called ecotherapy. Look, I'm mm. try I can't get to my counsellor at the moment. I'm just trying some new stuff, okay. Well, so you going then. Well, it's good you got your hands on some <laughs> form of
1: wood. I should actually cut that
0: out. Sorry. So don't don't <laughs> Because it's true. Okay, before you go, like I'm sick of talking to all my friends in couples and I have drilled down on this. I've got a few friends in relationships, quite a few. And I'm like, how, how are things in your relationship? Fine. Oh, we're great. I was, I was actually talking to Jamila the other day. She won't mind me saying this. And I said, really? So you're not fighting? She goes, oh, no, we're fighting a lot. We're fighting a lot. But it's the pandemic. I said, yeah, that's fine, but you have to tell people that you're fighting a lot to normalise it because I think a lot of couples are fighting a lot, but they're pretending they're not, so we all feel like we're failing. Yeah. Are you and Adrian fighting more than usual?
1: Now, see, now I want to say yes, but the answer is no, I'm really, really sorry. I'm really sorry. We're just gone. We did a little bit more in the first lockdown. We did a little bit more. Things were more stressful then, but no, this lockdown... Oh, I'm sorry. We're pretty loved up. I don't know what to say to you. Oh. Sorry, I know, but we're freaks. It's not right to. I don't know. We're just not fighting. I don't know. We're pretty happy.
0: Oh, yeah, you sorry. would be. What I mean, what have you got to be unhappy about? You live in a. I'm
1: not and sure. we're we're very, and like this coming week is the Democratic convention, so there's going to be speeches by Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton. That's so we're so excited about that. He's cooking all the time. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. He cleaned the whole house on this weekend. It was great. Well, to anyone sorry. listening who sorry. is fighting a lot with their sorry. other half, it's totally normal. It's okay. <laughs> everyone is except Dickhead here. He's oh, no. morally superior to everyone else. Oh, I'm not.
1: It's nothing to do with sorry. Whatever. Or maybe I'll try and trigger one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's usually me that causes the fight with Adrian anyway. <laughs>
1: Well, there's only ever been one and, yes, you were involved. But, uh... <laughs> All
0: right. Off you go then to your perfect marriage <laughs> Sorry, <dickhead. you> <laughs> <laughs> Okay, see you. Bye. Bye.
1: This is Emsolation.
0: So should I end the podcast on an apology too? Because I started. That was hectic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but did y- I genuinely didn't know that Michael had lied about being a virgin at the time of losing his virginity. And if you've had another acid flashback to that experience, my bad. (laughs) Um, Thank you for listening. I just wanted to please remind you that if you listen to us through the Apple Podcast app, remember to hit that subscribe button. And also leave a review that helps us on the charts. And if you're on Spotify, remember to follow us. And also, it reminds you if a bonus app comes out or if we drop a surprise app, you'll just get a little nudge. So it doesn't cost anything to subscribe, it's totally cool. Don't be scared. It just uh, enables all the people, the powers that be, to see how much support the podcast has. And also, if you want to support us on another level, you can become a patron, a member of m Just go to mraciano.com forward slash listen to find out how you can um, really support us if you like what we do. Thank you very much for being here. I hope you're well. I hope you're okay. I'm off to probably – I'm going to go and walk amongst the trees, but I'm also going to watch some more Real Housewives, if we're being honest. I'll chat to you later in the week. Bye.